0: Insights, interviews, and best practices by clinicians for clinicians. Welcome to GE Healthcare's Clinical View Podcasts.
1: Top Med Talk. Well, hello and welcome to Top Med Talk. We are at Euro Anesthesia 2022 in beautiful Milano, Italy, coming to you live from the trade exhibition, which is crazy because we haven't been live for a very long time, so this is wonderful for us at Top Med Talk. I'm your host, Desiree Chappell, and I'm joined by my colleague, Solomon So Hello, Solomon.
2: Hi, Desiree. So good to see you. We made it here, and we <laughs> synchronized our flights together, and... Um Excited to spend the next few days in Italy and Milan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Saul, the buzz in this trade exhibition is amazing, isn't it?
2: It is. I'm just, you know, amazed that it's past 4 o'clock. There's people all over the place, mingling, talking. um, There's energy, and it's
1: palpable, isn't it? Yeah, it is, absolutely. Well, Saul, we are in person. We're actually here this year with GE Health. And they have sponsored us to be here, talk My Talk, on their booth. So we're really excited to partner
2: with them this year. For good cause. They have a lot of exciting new things that they want to share with us. So That's I'm looking true. forward.
1: Part of the buzz that you hear in the background is because we just, or not we, GE, just launched a new solution in, in mobile monitoring and wireless monitoring. And we want to hear more about that. So we had the opportunity to sit down with GE Leadership to explore these um, exciting solutions, really. We just heard the launch, wasn't it? awesome? Just
2: heard the launch minutes ago, and now we get to do a deeper dive. That's right.
1: Well, we're joined by Neil Sandy, who's the Global Manager of Monitoring Solutions. Hello, Neil, how are you? I'm
0: well, it's a pleasure to be here with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Neil, for um, everyone listening here today, tell us just a little bit more about yourself.
0: So I'm the General Manager of Monitoring Solutions. It's uh, one of the divisions of GE Healthcare and I've been in the role a couple of years, but in the business a long time uh, in the field. And uh, we're very excited to be here in person, uh, launching uh, several new products actually, but Portrait Mobile in particular, which has been a, a a great journey for our development team, and we're just really excited to put it in front of customers
1: now. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we should have a drum roll. Of this Indeed. Long. So, Portrait Mobile is the new is the new solution, and there's a suite of things that kind of go with that. Correct.
0: That's right. I think we should probably tell the listeners a little bit about uh, the problem statement. The problem is that in in monitoring historically, we monitor patients continuously in the operating room, of course, in the ICU. Uh, but in the ward, uh, after surgery, uh, patients are often not monitored or only checked occasionally by the nursing staff, and that's because the acuity level is different in that space. Yeah. But, but what the community, the clinical community, has learned over time is that a lot of the risks uh, that patients experience are actually not during surgery; they're after surgery, and uh, and so. Uh, traditional monitoring is difficult there because the patient's tethered to the bed, but the clinical team wants that patient up moving around. And so uh, the advent of wearable wireless technology becomes a lot more important. And that's, uh, that's how we got to Portrait Mobile as a wearable wireless Continuous monitor in the ward space, and we're very excited about uh, bringing it to market.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want us to just put this on the shelf, so we pull it down and, and talk about a little. When you say wireless monitoring, we're not talking about Bluetooth necessarily, and I want to make certain that we differentiate what you mean by wireless monitoring as opposed to what most of us immediately resonate with when we speak about that as a concept.
0: Yeah, that's it's super important, and, and the reason is because you. you you don't want to miss what you're measuring in, in this environment. You want to be certain that the, the parameters you're measuring, in our case, SPO2, respiratory rate, heart rate, uh, as we launch this product, Portrait Mobile, you don't want to, anything to not come through to the clinical team. And so we're, we're not using Bluetooth because in, in the hospital environment there can be interruptions and. And lots of traffic that... that, Signal traffic, yeah. Exactly. And so we use a medical body area network with some proprietary technology that we we would characterize as as good as wired. uh, And and, the signal moves from what the patient is wearing uh, to a hub device that we have in Portrait Mobile. uh, And that uh, basically doesn't drop that signal doesn't drop okay
2: so there is a secret sauce there is some some secret sauce (laughs) going on here yes
1: so how do you really feel let's dig in just a little bit deeper the benefits of portrait mobile to clinicians and patients i'm a clinician myself i'm a nurse Mm -hmm. anesthetist but i worked in the ward in the icu for a very long time
0: well i think you know in the ward environment as i said earlier the the clinical team wants the patients to get up out of bed move around uh on their journey to be sent home Uh, Essentially. And so, having a comfortable, wearable uh, type solution is very important. You don't want the patient to have to lug around Um, a monitor or wheel around a monitor with them. And so, as technology is miniaturized, it becomes more possible to get it to be wearable. Um, So, that patient comfort certainly is is an important piece. From a nursing perspective, uh, you know, in the ward, the nurses are covering a lot more patients. Uh, It's not an ICU environment where it's one to two or one to three. And so you want the solution to be uh, catered to the ward environment, only generating alarms when patient deterioration is actually being detected over time. Uh, And and so we've tuned the the solution for Mobile to be just that. Uh, and, And again, we're super excited to bring it out. Yeah,
1: that's great. Well, to talk a little bit more about some of those details... Um, we have your colleague here with us, Ms. Carla essek and she is the global product manager for GE Healthcare. Carla, it's so wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Well, Carla, one of the things that uh, that Neil had mentioned for clinicians is alarm burden, you know, and, and being fatigued, really fatigued with alarms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just start to kind of, they just are background noise after a while. Tell us a little bit about how this product, the uh Portrait Mobile is a solution for that.
3: First of all, uh, throughout the development, we've been working very, very closely with our customers, with clinicians to understand really what are the adoption criteria, if you will. We cannot bring, as Neil explained, ICU or higher acuity level monitoring into a space where the standard of care today is different. We need to build the full system to be very conscious of the workflow challenges and the environment where this is being being catered or what this is catering for. Uh, So, alarm management indeed. Uh, There are several pieces in the design where we have been really conscious of this. First of all, then being the robustness of the actual clinical measurements themselves. We did not want to bring technology into the space just because it is lower accuracy by giving up or compromising anything on the clinical accuracy of our measurements, which is obviously building on the decades of clinical knowledge and excellence from uh, G Healthcare Monitoring already. So, robustness of the measurements, making sure that every time we're detecting something, it is a true event. We're not giving false events or false positives or false negatives to the clinicians. Definitely uh, contributes a lot to the topic. Second it is second is a lot of algorithm work that has been done to adapt these measurements, particularly to mobile patients and to this type of environment. So when we're talking about wearables, we're talking about patients actually being able to be mobile, which is a good thing. We want this in the recovery period. But it can also cause artifacts, some interference that we're actually correcting on our measurements and taking into account to deliberate a bit longer if we see that there's a lot of movement, a lot of interference in the signal. Again, just to make sure that we're not calling out the clinician's attention for nothing.
2: And help me just understand some of the operationalization. Are those parameters fixed or are they customizable?
3: That's a very good question. So, indeed, um, when we're talking about continuous monitoring in the ward, the basic premise that Neil was referring to in the clinical problem statement, if you will, we're really trying to bring more of the trending of the patient to the clinician's knowledge. But, indeed, in that worldview, we're not so tied to your traditional alarm triggering limits, but those do exist, indeed, of course, in the background, just to make sure that we do give that, that safety net. Um, but we are expecting, indeed, there to be the trending ability to be the primary source of information for the clinicians. And then there is a lot of configurability in what do I, as a clinician in my unit, consider to be uh, the limits where I do want to get notified or where I do, indeed, um, trigger an alarming event that can th- then be also, of course, uh, noted in my in my data.
1: Yeah. Carly, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the different monitors that we have, you know, that you may be rolling around. I would always take care of patients where we had telemetry, Mm -hmm. mobile telemetry, and it was a bunch of wires falling off and they never really did much that, you know, doesn't really do much for us. Is the portrait mobile really differentiating itself from other continuous monitoring and mobile monitoring?
3: Very good question. So first of all is indeed that we have considered the skin-to-screen workflow, really from not only innovating on the wearable side, which is obviously the most visible piece maybe for clinicians and patients alike, but we really thought of the every every step of the way from how the signal gets from the sensors to our monitor, which is where our robust wireless connectivity comes into play. We really wanted to make sure that we're not causing issues by going wireless, uh, for example, technical reasons, these types of things. Next piece is indeed how do we communicate from our mobile monitor onwards? We're making sure that we're utilizing existing customer infrastructures and effectively usil- utilizing that bandwidth. So we have done a lot of development work in making sure that we're very effective in controlling the, the traffic um, moving from our from our monitor to, to the network. And then, of course, all the way to the clinicians, how do we alert and visualize data to clinicians if there's anything that they, they need, do need to be aware of. So the system robustness and really the consideration of designing to the workflow in the ward area has been, a, has been a key thing, and we're one of the only ones providing this full experience and full system. From a clinical perspective, we are very, very, very excited to bring to market for the first time a continuous dual-vector respiration rate measurement. So we have innovated not only bringing SpO2, so saturation and pulse rate into wearable form factor, but actually also developing a completely new clinical measurement that we are calling dual vector respiration.
1: And that's designated as RRDV? That's correct. Is that correct? correct? So this that is, is something RRDV. new as a clinician. We're going to be a new parameter for us then. Absolutely.
3: So we are, we are confident. We have a study showing comparative accuracy to CO2-based respiration rate, which remains the golden standard today. But with... A completely mobile chest-based um, electrode composition that is much more comfortable for the patients to use and tolerable also when we're talking about this type of a moving away patient population.
2: Yeah, and, and with respect to other user case scenarios, and I would just simply pull back and say I love the fact that you're um, rec- you're, you're you're creating in a, in an innovative way sort of a another spot within that continuum of, mm-hmm. of monitoring. With intensive ICU surveillance at one end of the spectrum, and there's so many opportunities along the way in a step function, so um, that's cool. Um, what what other user case scenarios have come forward by the introduction of this sort of niche? Uh, opportunity that we're now talking about.
0: So I, I probably have to thread the needle a little <laughs> bit here, Saul, because uh, we we're, we can't really talk too much about futures, but I can assure you that when the clinicians see Portrait Mobile, they have lots of ideas about oh, what we should do next. And and for sure, uh, we are just getting started. We are just getting started on this platform. Uh, there's a there's a lot uh, already in the lab and a lot more to come. Uh, so, But we're also quite willing to hear from the clinicians about their ideas because you know we have ideas of course but uh, all the good ideas don't come from inside yeah. healthcare so, well, right so i'll
2: just throw out there um, obviously surveillance of sleep apnea yeah and the considerations post anesthesia and the drugs that we use that that would potentiate problems with that uh syndrome um, And I'll just say, that's one. one. I I could think of many, many more. Um, It's very exciting. Yes, that's a
3: very good, good use case. A couple of more that we already actually are going to be addressing in a very innovative way with this solution. Pediatric population. Mm. When you really start talking about mobility for kids, even bringing, you know, taking technology out of the way of family togetherness in this very frightening situation, even if uh, if your child needs to be hospitalized, definitely we have gotten very, very good feedback on those types of use cases because it takes the patient comfort aspect to a completely different level when a child can be a child, even when hospitalized and still be monitored. Second piece uh, that definitely is interesting and and a lot of uh, customers are excited about is to be able to, for the first time, get really um, access to continued data from these patients. Due to the fact that we are currently only relying on temporal spot-checking data, we actually don't know what we don't know. We're missing so a lot. That's a great exactly. Point. That's a great point. So, getting access to the continued data probably opens up uh, a lot of new opportunities in doing analysis and maybe finding out things that we just didn't know right. that we need right.
1: to focus on in yeah. this patient cohort. Things that may be more sensitive that we never even realized mm-hmm. that that are uh, show mm-hmm. a signal. So. Yeah.
2: No, it's a great window of opportunity to teach us what we don't know. Yeah. yeah. That,
1: that's super exciting. Now, people will say as we're going to remote and mobile and all these different, you know, untethered type of technology. Cybersecurity is an issue. What are you guys doing to address that? Is that something that I would imagine that you're spending a lot of time on?
3: Correct. And I think we can indeed all, all say that it's it's a growing concern, not only for our customers, but obviously then for industry as well that we do need to address. So first of all it's an ever-moving target, so obviously we're scanning the space as our customers are expecting as well all the time. The premise of how we've built this new new system, the Portrait Mobile Platform, it's actually more of an IOMT system, so Internet of Medical Things, if you will. We are running on an edge compute-based platform that makes this also much more manageable and serviceable from a perspective. If, break that down
1: for us just a little bit. <laughs>
3: So edge compute uh, means cloud-based uh, type of computing, So in but, but installed into a hospital enterprise. So your hospitals own private cloud, if you will. And we are tapping onto that type of an architecture, which allows us to operate almost like as an IT company when it comes to things like cybersecurity. So we are expecting to provide regular updates to our customers, and obviously, as different types of things move in our environment, we will be always upgrading and updating our system to be responsive for, for any of the, um, the current uh, external situations.
0: So I think maybe I'll just add here a little bit, a little bit off the cyber topic, but uh, when Carla mentioned that it's Internet of Medical Things technology, there's a fundamental change in how we're going to manage data that's a little bit subtle and maybe not, you know, not the first thing you'll see when you take a look at Portrait Mobile. But today, on any monitor system that that you've used before, you admit the patient to the monitor. That's just how it works, right? You, You come in and you either pull an ADT feed down and you admit the patient to the monitor. In the new system, you'll actually be admitting the patient to the system. And why that's important is because as the patient moves from one place to another, from one care location to another, the the data that's flowing flows to the system, not to not it doesn't stay in the monitor, okay? Mm-hmm. And when it, and when that happens, you can move the data very easily to any display on your you know on a phone on a on a computer Ta- display mm-hmm. on a bedside wherever seamlessly. You can also analyze the data anywhere. You can also uh, interrogate the data anywhere, and th- the whole data management and use story opens wide up Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. what you can do today. And so this notion of having connectivity solutions everywhere that bring data together, that sort of goes away in the future state. Because the data all is in the same place already from the beginning.
2: Brilliant, brilliant. There are two things that came out of this discussion that I really want to emphasize. One, Skin to monitor, wonderful expression. Mm and, and the, you know, admitting the patient to the, to the system versus to the monitor is just also brilliant. Um, I always, you know, remember saying, you know, monitors work for you. You don't mm. work for them. Right. And, and this is really an opportunity for that to come home to life and that, that the, the monitor will work for you in the context of how you want it to. Right. Um It's a neat concept. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: fantastic. Well, just in closing here, um, for kind of a question for you both, patient safety, patient care is top priority for all of us, and we all have to work together in the space clinician industry together. You know, ultimately, how do you see Portrait Mobile improving the safety and care of our patients? So,
0: uh, I'll start here. Most non-clinicians, like me or your mother or (laughs) your brother, think that the most risky time when you're having surgery is when you're having surgery. That is categorically false. The most risky time is after surgery. And it's usually in the first couple of days after surgery but it could be in, even in the first 30 days after surgery. So what we're trying to do with Portrait Mobile is address immediately after surgery when you when you go into a step-down unit or a, or a ward and you're just recovering this is a risky time, and people need, clinicians and citizens of the world need to understand that this is a risky time, and by introducing continuous wearable wireless monitoring in this space, we are absolutely going to help patient safety, absolutely. Um, the, there's no question about it because it's not happening today.
2: Carla, I don't know if you have
0: anything absolutely. to Absolutely.
3: I would also increase, um, add as a mega trend that we're all also aware of as populations are getting older and sicker, as well as from another side, more consumer technologies even being used at home or in more consumerized spaces to do continued monitoring more on wellness factors or more chronic disease management. It is a very, very uh, logical assumption that hospitals become more and more acute care delivery systems. So the idea of not monitoring my patient continuously to be able to avoid these adverse events when I am hospitalized, specifically after risky procedures or, or step down, stepping down from the ICU, becomes almost like a fault in logic. Yeah. And because technology now exists where we can avoid tethering patients, where we can avoid causing massive workflow issues that would just eat up resources from these spaces, we can actually solve for it, get the data that we need, and help clinicians, indeed, be more proactive and getting more visibility into early onset of situations that, indeed, can change the course of the, uh, of the, of the patient's outcome.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, and I would add, you don't have to say this, I will, um, that, that juxtaposed to safety and quality, which is always paramount and center... Um, is capacity management yeah. and utilization um, and, and those that's the other tension in the room that, that always exists and and I would uh, expect that our abilities to, manage capacity constraints mm-hmm. better without having to compromise safety is going to be enhanced with the utilization of this tool that, that enables you to stretch, if you will, those resources in Correct. a safe way.
3: I'll add just one more thing. Obviously, we are all coming out of you know, COVID and, and all the learnings that we got from there. But I think one thing was the need for hospitals to be more prepared for mm-hmm. situations that we can't really prepare for. No one knew that this was coming, and then we needed to flex up the, the, the capabilities um, at hospital in patient care in, 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 in very, very, very short periods of time. So the ability to introduce monitoring that can be flexible and can help in some of that also unprecedented capacity
1: changes in hospital, I think that's also where technology like this can help. Well wow. And as a nurse that I've taken care of 10 to 12 patients at a time and you never know if your technology is right. And now, as a quality director, thinking about all the data that we get, like this seems like a solution that is a dream come true for us <laughs> on the, on, in the trenches, for sure. So, congratulations to you guys. Thank This you. has been a fabulous day Thank for you. GE. The launch is fantastic. Um, we're gonna hear more about it throughout the rest of the conference. I know we have a couple more conversations. Um, and, and the launch will be going out on Top Med Talk here in, in just a little bit actually. That's so exciting. Yeah. Thank you so Fantastic. much for having Thanks us. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you for well, you know, you yeah. can always find Top Med Talk on uh, your favorite social media platform, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. We are there, TopmedTalk.com as well as live.org. You can find all our information there. Be sure to check us out and uh, stay tuned for other amazing conversations during your anesthesia twenty twenty two. Ciao. Ciao! <laughs> <laughs> Top Med Talk. Desiree Chapel with Top Med Talk. It has been an exciting year and there is so much more to come. Now I'm joined here with Monty Mythen. Monty, what is coming up? Well, next Top Med Talk are going to be coming to you live from the European Society of Anesthesiology from Milan in Italy. You'll find us on the GE booth in the trade exhibition. We'll be there intermittently and we'll probably pop up in a few other places. So I'm there with Desiree and Sol Aronson's coming in and Henry Howe. And after that, Desiree, where do we go? It is time for the 25th anniversary World Congress of Perioperative Medicine in London, right? Live. From the UCL campus to celebrate our 25th anniversary. So that's really exciting. And then I think we've got the next one in August with your organization in America. It is. It's in Chicago. It's the American Association of Nurse Anesthetists. Monty and I are going to pop up there, have some great conversations, and then it's on to... Dingle. So that takes us into the autumn and winter season. More about that to follow. And then, of course, we're going to be rounding out the year with the American Society of Anesthesiologists in New Orleans for their annual congress. So, super excited about all the events for the year. Don't miss us. Be sure to check us out on topmedtalk.com and on your favorite podcatcher. We are there with late-breaking anesthesia and perioperative news. Right, Monty? Absolutely. See you soon. Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to Clinical View Podcasts, brought to you by GE Healthcare. Expand your view at clinicalview.gehealthcare.com.